done, so... Well, everybody knows that, of course. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. So Rebecca and I could just quiz you on Doctor Who trivia. That would be kind of fun. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Let's go. What are the creatures outside on on there? TARDIS, C three PO, the Weeping Angel. I got one. And it looks like R two D two over there. Oh no, that's the uh, trash can that fires uh, lightning bolts. What is it? I don't the know. The toilet plunger. <laughs> What is it, a toilet plunger? That's a, yeah, that's yeah, a that's what its nose is. Yeah, it's actually Oh, it's like a, a Dalek. Yeah, Dalek. 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 And welcome back to another episode of Even More Matched Up, a podcast talking about all things pop culture brought to you by Misericordia University. I'm Patrick. Oh, and welcome. I'm Alan. This is usually where you do Oh, that's right. Part. And today we're going to talk about um we're going to talk about Doctor Who. With resident Doctor Who expert, Rebecca Kivak. Yes. <laughs> yes. Hi. Rebecca is joining us again. Welcome. Hi. Thank, thank, thank you so much for having me. Um, I am one half of the Take Two blog on, um, on Times, Tribune, uh, Times Tribune blogs. Um, my writing partner, Tamara Dunn, is not here today, so I'm going to try to give you as much Doctor Who knowledge as I can. Excellent. Excellent. I, the I'm show. Sure Alan will enjoy that. Yes. Yes. We've had a lot of Doctor Who knowledge <laughs> dropped already. Um, so... Uh, it strikes me that this, the format of the show will be something like this. I will represent folks on the show who don't know very much about Doctor Who, and Patrick and Rebecca will stand in for all of those who think that Doctor Who is always totes awesome no matter what. No, I would not. I can't really say that because I've only been watching oh. Doctor Who since Matt Smith debuted, and then I've caught the rest in <laughs> Netflix and whatnot, and I haven't watched any of the old Doctor Who. I tried to watch like one of the animated specials that they had, and I was like, oh, my God, this is tiresome. So I'm very much a, a a very modern Doctor Who, but really... Well, I didn't say you knew everything. I just said you're so. going to say it's always totes awesome, no matter what. Well, no, they, they've had some clunkers. You love the episodes. show, right? Yeah, yeah, not everything is yeah. fantastic. They've had, they've had some clunkers. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. So a couple of questions just to get started. I'm yes. Not As asking, newbie, we feel we not asking because I don't know. Right. Of course Asking not. to help inform the audience as they listen. Exactly. That was my job. you have any questions? No. Okay. okay. So... <laughs> Oh, by the way, Richard is here today. Yes. So. And Richard, how well-versed are you in, in the Doctor Who? Please tell me you know a lot about the expanded universe. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> if you notice a book I bought with me, it is one of the From the Bounty Hunter series of the expanded universe. Of Star Wars, Oops. which is not the topic of today's show. <laughs> I and so, so there, sir. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> we... So many rich, Rich, point made. <laughs> yes, we've been put in our place. <laughs> but yes, Alan, you have questions. Yeah. So... Is the joke Doctor Who because we never know their name? Well, he's just called the Doctor. Right, but the show's called Doctor Who, mm -hmm. so that's just that clever British humor at work. I think so, yeah, because... Because it's um, like Doctor Who? <laughs> right, well, a lot of times, you know, like, people will say, like, like, what's your name? What do I call you? And he'll say, or excuse me, he or she will say, the Doctor, and then they'll say right. Doctor Who. Right. So, you know, yeah, I think it's the, the British humor coming in. And I also, yeah. he's, he's kind of just been a mystery, so I think, for right. a lot of people. Actually, Doctor Who, like, if you wrote his name down. No, his name is just the no, Doctor. No, his name is the it's Doctor. the Doctor. Oh, that's what he's known as. Whatever his real name or is. Or her, sir. Or her, correct. Well, just because that joke. We don't know. Who's Doctor Who? Exactly. So, like, he even implies that's part of his name. 
You know, like that is that his who is that last was, name? Well, but no one in the was, show ever calls him Doctor Who. They that, just call him the Doctor. Yeah. Right, but then he does the whole thing about like you know, Doctor Doctor Who. who? My, yeah, like, exactly. That's my question. Yeah, yeah, we don't know his actual okay. name, his or her actual name. I literally learned that when I was fifty. Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> so yeah, so fifty they years did a little, during the new I mean, knowledge during the Matt Smith era, they did a lot more with kind of the idea that the are name you, wait, was significant. Are you giving us historical right. context? I am. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because he, he, yeah, he he actually yeah. does say that um like like his his name is a name that he chose, so it mm-hmm. means something, and that's right. why he chose the Doctor because he wanted to help people basically, mm-hmm. and. If he breaks that pact, that's he'd have to change his name. Actually, it comes up or, a lot in my yeah, It does, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, he is just known as or the she. Doctor, and and Doctor Who is just kind of the name of the show, and then kind of has become a running. I don't know if gag is quite the right word, but right. they do something with it every once in a while. For those who didn't know, now they do. Exactly. Well, so, they don't really know anything more. <laughs> yeah. So the new Doctor Who, yes. which I know much better than the old Doctor Who, because it's really the only three episodes of Doctor say. Who I've ever watched. <laughs> right. Um, clearly leans really hard in terms of social justice. Mm -hmm. Has this always been the case for Doctor Who? I mean, science fiction has often been used as a as a vehicle to sort of critique society. Mm-hmm. Um, is this true of, like, Doctor Who historically, that it has this sort of leftist social justice emphasis in the stories it tells? Um, I, I have seen, um, like, I've seen all of the modern series. I have seen some of the classic series, just to put it in perspective. I've seen maybe one episode of each Doctor's mm. run. So I have, like, I've at least seen every, almost, well, actually, almost every Doctor. I haven't seen the movie with the Eighth Doctor, but with that said, I can speak more to the modern yeah. series. And, yes, since the modern series has, okay. has come about, social justice and um, and um, inclusivity mm-hmm. and right. diversity has been a, a big, big issue. I mean, you, ha- you have aliens from all kind of planets. Even in the classic series, you've had aliens from everywhere. You've had people from different time periods, and I guess – from what I've seen of the classic series, even there's been like a series of, I would say, a sense of equality yeah. to it. I think you notice it more now in modern times, mm-hmm. but um, you know, like you, you've had characters, you've had characters who have who are bisexual, you have mm-hmm. characters, you know, who who are lesbians. Um, Bill um, Capaldi's last companion before he left the show, you know, was was a lesbian. Mm-hmm. So you've you've had different kinds of characters with different right. racial and you backgrounds. Had, uh, Martha. Uh, was the, the the black woman that was the doctor's companion exactly uh, under tenant. I do say so. that it does feel like with Whitaker, they're even more going the social in terms of particularly yeah. in terms of diversity and inclusion right. with and the much larger cast of companions. Mm-hmm. It feels like they are to me it feels like they're doing more with that than they have done in the past. Right. Mm-hmm. And you, as you know, because like, we talk about this when we teach comic books sometimes mm-hmm. The diversity sometimes is hard to pull off when you're talking about alien races and diversity. Right. It can be a dodge in a way. Mm-hmm. And clearly in expanding sort of the group, his entourage. Mm-hmm. Yes. Companions the, the, is what they're usually referred to as. It is, the as doctor you has his companions. Um, the, the show leans really hard on social justice, mm-hmm. which is kind of where I have some questions to ask you to see like how you felt kind of about the show. Yeah. I really liked what they yeah. were doing with the expanded cast in – the, with Whitaker's uh, companion, I had mixed responses to it. I, w- I was not completely sold on a couple of them. Okay, but let's let's start. I guess we should start with the Doctor. Yeah, who is a woman for the first time, at least on television. Right, and so there could have been female doctors in the the canon somewhere yeah. else. Well, right. in the but, in the first episode, the Doctor mentions something about it's been a long time since I've bought women's clothes, which mm-hmm. sort of implies. Yeah. 
something in the past. I don't know if that's a reference to an earlier episode yeah. where he may have dressed up. Right? Yeah, and, the, and then yeah. and then even in the in Sunday's episode, um, she um she, she made a reference that like she like she had been a sister or was a sister previously. Okay. So there's kind of been hints and insinuations, but this is the first time we're seeing on for, screen. Like, the first time that we've actually seen one. So there's a clear emphasis then in terms of female empowerment mm-hmm. in this season and, and in casting the Doctor as a woman. Mm-hmm. And I think I think Whitaker is unbelievably great. Yeah, she was fantastic. Like, like, I really, uh, the, I in the don't premiere. Know, I don't know much about Doctor Who, but she yeah. feels like the Doctor yes, almost as soon as she shows up on screen. Yes. yes. And, yeah, I 100% um, agree. Like, she very much mm-hmm. feels like that. And I, I like the way they've done, like, to me, she reminds me a lot of Matt Smith mm-hmm. in kind of the, the kind of manic energy that she has at times. Mm-hmm. I like that they've sort of carried over the the bit from Capaldi of, of how she doesn't really like the military, doesn't really like, she mentions in the first episode only idiots carry knives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's the first one she mentions she doesn't like organizations with acronyms. Yeah, I wanna, uh, yeah I wanna, that was a good one. And yeah. I want to I come back to that So I like that they, they have carried over some of the traits, and yet there's also the ways in which that she seems pretty uniquely her own right. doctor as well. Mm-hmm. And not only does she kind of own sort of her own personality, but she mm-hmm. as soon as she shows up when she kind of falls from the sky, yeah. she's immediately in charge. Yeah. Right. This isn't oh, something yeah. like even when she's not at full power, even mm-hmm. when she doesn't have full knowledge, she's still like definitively the one that takes right. charge. Which is normal for the regeneration episodes. Is there's, there's almost right. always there's there's still cooking in a sense right. throughout the episode. Right, but it's different because it's a woman this time. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it, to me, it feels like it has yeah. an extra layer of kind of meaning mm-hmm. to it mm-hmm. and having her show up now, oh, yeah. like, when she accidentally transports them all into like. The vacuum of space. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At the end of the first episode, like that's a wee bit of a mistake. Mm-hmm. And she realizes that you could tell on her face, and she's right. horrified, yeah. and she's like, "How do I fix this?" Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, because yeah, that's a that's a big one. But like throughout the first episode, it's women who run towards danger, mm-hmm. and it's men yes. who don't. Mm. I mean, it sort of gets Grace killed. Yeah. And it keeps Graham alive, right? Because mm-hmm. she's the one that has the courage yeah. to run too. Right. Whereas he kind of stands. That was the one back. part of the 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 premiere that I w- was sort of disappointed in, just yeah. in the fact that every all of the 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 pre-show trailers and everything, it only showed Graham and Yaz and 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 Ryan, I think is his name. Yeah. Um, I was like, okay, so something's happening to Grace in this episode because she is not in any other. I had not watched anything, so I didn't. Yeah, know I saw the trailer. Was and I was like, oh, she's clearly she's either going to be you know stay behind or something. And then yeah. when they just showed, like, she's the one running in danger all the time, I'm like, oh, it's going to end poorly for yeah. her. Yeah. No, I figured that out, too. Um, like, you know, like, like you said, she wasn't in any, any of the other promotional yeah. materials. And I'm like, the thing is, out of all of them, she she's definitely the one to run into danger. Mm-hmm. She's a nurse, so she had that helpful right. vibe, which actually kind of works. I mean, you have the doctor, the doctor right. and a nurse working yeah. together for a part of that episode. So it was, yeah. it, there was a nice, like, synergy there. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I, I, I knew something bad was yeah, going kind of like to happen. Yeah, yeah. But I kind of like how she she still matters. Like her influence on mm-hmm. Ryan and Graham is still carrying forward, and right. the show yeah. is dealing very much with the grief aspect of that. Yeah. Right. And I like the naturalness yeah. of her and Graham's relationship. Yeah, yeah. Because that was yeah. that was one of the things that really st- one of the things I liked about just kind of the the expanded cast is that you know it clearly represented a kind of diversity and kind of inclusion, but it didn't feel artificial in the way that that. It, it often can be like Absolutely. these. All, and I, yeah. one of the things I think that help with that, and I, and I give Chibnall a lot of credit for writing the episode, is it's a long time before the Doctor shows up 
in the first episode. Yeah. And so you're like they were, and he did. He got a lot of depth established with all of the characters. Yeah. I mm-hmm. felt prior to the Doctor showing up. So. Yeah. Yeah, and I really like the Graham Grace mm-hmm. dynamic in relationship to. Mm-hmm. I'm not quite so sure about the Graham Ryan. In terms of their conflict, it feels to me a little pat. Yeah. As I as I kind of like like the the tension that they're generating between the two. Yeah. Hasn't I I don't think developed into something that feels really kind of fully fleshed out or yeah. quite human yet. Yeah. It just I could see that. It feels a bit like a device to me. And of course, I mean, but b- back on female empowerment real mm-hmm. quickly. Yaz wants to do more as a cop, right? Yeah. She's right. clearly capable of being more. Right. Yeah. It's the system that kind of well, you know, and, and, holds her back. And I like the way that, that, you know, they kind of set it up as it's a product of her youth, her gender, and her race. is kind right. of all yeah. kind of, of boiled into why she sort of struggled. Yeah, that I really yeah. liked that. That mm-hmm. I think that was one of the, yeah, the, the kind of, inter- particularly with Yaz, but with all of them, it yeah. felt like there was a nice intersectionality that felt natural, not artificial to me. That's, I think, where it gets most complicated in this show for me is sometimes it feels a little teachy preachy. Mm-hmm. Um, That's kind of part of Doctor Who, though. To yeah. be honest and with that, you, it that, started as a kids show, actually. Yeah, okay. yeah and they still main, they still maintain that it's somewhat of a kids show. And I, one of right. the articles that I read talked about how in Whitaker that it was really returning to one of the show's primary purposes is not just as a kids show. Yeah. But as a kids' educational show, mm-hmm. yeah, they were talking about that, particularly in and relationship think, to the Rosa episode. Yeah. There's elements of that too. That there is in somewhat the of a, di- yeah. a didactic purpose, yeah. That I think Chibnall is getting the show back to. That I don't know that we've had for a while. No, right. And I, mean, I, I think dramatically, like I, if it's made for kids, it's it's a different thing, mm-hmm. obviously. But dramatically, we've had this debate, uh, this conversation a lot on mm-hmm. the show. I think it's better typically to show it, right in the moving picture than it is to tell it mm-hmm. in the in the moving picture and that, that when it becomes di- you know obviously didactic right. you know, like we're stopping to kind of deliver a lecture on right. diversity here mm-hmm. um, it doesn't work nearly as well as an organic entourage around the doctor mm-hmm. works right? like yeah. watching them as human beings interacting with each other right. in really authentic ways yeah. that's that, a really yeah. powerful message about diversity and that's what I, th- I felt like Actually, all yeah. of the characters felt really right. ma- like within but, the first right. 15 yes. minutes of the episode I was like okay these are they just felt really human to me okay. Ryan yes. struggles with his disability I but, thought mm-hmm. I, I really liked can we talk about Ryan next yeah because mm-hmm. I really like the idea of you know having somebody with a disability mm-hmm. on the show like this dyspraxia yep um, is is not something I know a lot about. Right. It's a really human opening where he's trying to ride a bike. Mm-hmm. Like he's an yeah. adult, but he's still a little kid, yeah. and his parents or his mom and his stepdad are there. Like it's a, a very like I agree with you. Like grandmom this, and step granddad. Oh, yeah. sorry. Are like very very human. You mm-hmm. know, like very very human in in who they are. But it feels to me like after the first couple of episodes. Mm-hmm. That the disability so far is there after that opening, mm-hmm. that opening um, scene, which really I think makes him seem very human. Right, and then comes it back be- at the end of the, uh, the episode. Right, but too. it yeah. becomes something later on that he he overcomes. Like like I don't like ladders, but he climbs a ladder when he has he to. He does. Right, he absolutely. climbs a second ladder when he has to, and so at a minimum, it it feels like it it needs to be more fully developed to be more than just a plot device at this point. Yeah. I mean, I liked that. That's I, my concern. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I had the same concern. Um, and I don't really remember much of his disability coming up in Rosa. I don't, I don't either. either. But there, so, there was a ladder in the first one and a ladder I mean, in the, the second, second one. Yeah. 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 And, and 
part of me, I kind of like the fact that I looked at it as because we've talked about it with with Scroy, yeah, a and lot. kind of the idea of like the the super crypt that we're supposed right. to celebrate the ones that overcome, mm-hmm. right? Number one, I like the fact that that particularly in the first episode, he didn't overcome it; he was still right. struggling with it. Yeah. I also like that particularly with Rosa, he's not defined by it; like that's not his one. Agreed. Thing. So I liked, oh, I liked the yeah. way that they, they kind of got away from that, like as his trait, because that's the part yeah. that could but there was most a, easily devolve into parody. But there was a bit of overcoming. Yeah, and it's there really, is. it's really hard to do right. Yeah, because it needs to be present, but it can't define him. Yeah, it needs to limit him, but it can't victimize him. Right. Like I'm not saying it's an easy thing. Right. And and to do, but there was in the first couple of episodes. Yeah. Kind of an overcoming thing. I mean, they go back to the bike at the end, and he still can't ride the bike. Still can't ride the bike. Mm -hmm. But but again, it just kind of makes his overcoming in moment of crisis even more super heroic Mm -hmm. in a way. Yeah, I mean, I I think they're they're doing a better job than some. Um, Yeah, I'll be curious to see how it evolves over the show. I I really feel like we need a season. Yeah, of Ryan. Because my well, my biggest fear was in the opening episode when the little bit of regeneration energy like comes out of her and floats away, and I'm like, please God, don't go into Ryan and fix oh, it. And fix it. I didn't yeah. even think about. I thought that. I was yeah, like, I, I was like, I that. was like, oh, and I'm not like, okay, clearly that's coming back. So I'm like, there's a floating bit of regeneration energy out there. I think that's yeah good. But I was like, please God, don't let that be. Don't give the magic like, oh, he's better now because you know the doctor healed him. So, right. mm-hmm. but with Ryan, I wish I felt more of the relationship he has with his step grandpa too mm. it just I it feels to me kind of stock yeah at this point like he he's a guy that I I don't feel like is maybe quite as well fleshed out in the first couple of episodes mm. as the others yeah but I could see that's that fair. Yeah. just yeah. my take I mean there's tons of potential there yeah right, yeah mm-hmm yeah, I mean, I have to like, I have to assume that they're they're trying to establish him and setting him mm-hmm. up for more. Right. Yeah, you know, I mean, he's trying to like, I, I, I mean, I could be wrong on this, but I think this is his first time away from home. You know, like like uh, we yeah. in in the most recent episode, all all three of the companions firmly said to the doctor, "We want to go with you. We want to travel mm-hmm. with you." Yeah. And even though they've been traveling with her up until now, it wasn't necessarily a choice. It was a matter mm-hmm. of circumstances. Right. Sure. You know, she accidentally. Um, you know, put them in the space, but all three right. of them came to her and said, "No, we want to go with you. We want to go and explore the world." And I think that's gonna affect all their characters. Like, I mm-hmm. think it'll help you know Ryan grow, because um, I'm with you too. Like, I don't want him to be defined by his disability. Right. I would like them to see it address it more, because really, it was they were doing it more in the first two episodes. They've kind of gotten away from that, but then again, yeah. maybe it's like a, a progression where you you know um, he's learning to live with it and mm-hmm. learning to overcome it. But I would yeah. like to see them. Yeah. address it too. I yeah. wouldn't be surprised if we see him ride that bike at some point. I think it's just going to take a lot to get there and it's about it's about the journey. It's not the destination. It's about yeah. so right. how is he going to get to that point. And I hope you're right because I think that you're right. Like there's loads of potential in Ryan. Yeah. But there's there's potential for it to go oh yeah, wrong right. too. Even even well-intentioned multiculturalism right. can can yield some some less than Yeah. And I think part of it too is that you know I'm pretty sure the first two episodes were written by Chibnall. The S- Rosa was written by uh, another person. And I'm wondering how much of, of the fact that we didn't see much of Ryan's disability in Rosa is because that's something Chibnall is really dedicated to, but maybe not carried through by other writers as much. Mm-hmm. And that could be, that would be an unfortunate. Yeah. So yeah. that'll be, it'll be, because yeah, I was kind yeah. of like, I, I'm thinking about Rosa. I was like, yeah, there really wasn't much with Ryan's condition in yeah. Rosa. Uh, I mean, there's plenty of other stuff to deal with with Ryan, obviously. But yeah, so I'm, I'm a, we'll, we'll see. Um, but I was really encouraged. I, I was pretty apprehensive about Chibnall going mm-hmm. into the show just because 
his track record on Doctor. He's written a handful of Doctor Who episodes before, and generally they were, I would say, mixed in results. Yeah. Um, so I wasn't really sure how he was going to – I had some apprehension about him as running the show, but yeah. so yeah. far I'm, I, I think he's doing a great job. Yeah, I was thrilled to hear that he was going to run the show yeah. because um, he wrote a show called Broadchurch. Yeah, that's – it's I've seen the Grace Point, the version that was on Fox. Oh, I haven't seen Broadchurch. Yeah, Grace Point was good, actually, but Broadchurch is phenomenal to yeah. me. That's the superior one. Um, I've seen two out of the three seasons. The first season is probably one of the best mysteries on television yeah. I've ever seen. It was so well-constructed. It came together yeah. with so David well. Tennant. It was tight. Yeah, with David Tennant in it. Um, and, and, Jody, uh, and Jodie Whittaker. What yeah. about, yeah, they're both, yeah. they were both No, exactly, yeah. Actually, when I heard Jodie Whittaker was going to be the new Doctor, I was ecstatic because um, she is phenomenal in Broadchurch. Yeah. She's a uh, an amazing actress. She has some heavy material to work with in Broadchurch because she played the mother of a boy who was murdered, and mm -hmm. the community is mourning this murder, but also kind of like trying to figure out who it is, who the killer was, and re but reluctant to at the same time. And yeah. she did a phenomenal job with that yeah. which you see her acting ability in the yeah, show yeah my hope well. was that you know the chibnall cause i think he mainly wrote broadchurch in between like the dark like he did doctor who episodes and then broadchurch mm -hmm. kind of fell in between and now he's coming back to doctor who and mm -hmm. so my hope was that the broadchurch he was going to bring some of the broadchurch chibnall mm -hmm. into the show and so far it seems like he has so mm -hmm. i also like the fact that they've kind of uh, you know we were talking about this before the show i like the fact that because we always get to that moment where the Doctor offers, you know, them to come with him on the TARDIS, mm -hmm. and then we fall into kind of the, you know, going to different time periods each episode. I liked that the fact that the first two episodes, particularly the first one, kind of took away the TARDIS mm -hmm. and sort of put her in a much more different situation. Because those episodes, like Blink, where you kind of have artificial limits placed on the Doctor, have turned into some of the best episodes. Right. Yeah. And so I liked the fact that the first two episodes were not, oh... You know, we're they've met the doctor, they've had an adventure, and now we're into the you know we're traveling with the doctor, mm -hmm. you know, to various to to various different times. I liked, and I think the first episode in particular um, benefited from the fact that they put those limits. They've already, I think, Chibnall said they're not mm -hmm. using Daleks. I think he might have said they're not using Cybermen yeah. either. A lot of people have gotten tired of those two villains just because yeah, the modern so, series has relied on them quite a bit. Yeah, so. the general sense is they're trying to avoid the modern mm -hmm. series villains. So I like that they're kind of setting themselves up of, we, you know, setting some sort of narrative limits to, to, to get more creative. Mm -hmm. So I like the idea of the limits on the Doctor, which I want to mm -hmm. come back to. But I've got one more point I wanted to make about sort of the multicultural mm -hmm. social justice -y aspect of the show. And it was my favorite, not surprisingly, like as a Quaker, I guess, is the the overtly pacifist stance, like like the the effort mm -hmm. to oh, yeah. create multicultural teams and groups that kind of go on adventures mm -hmm. together, is not new, right? In any particular way, like you see that writ large throughout pop culture, like it's mm -hmm. kind of all around us, done well and not so well, of course, but in the states in particular you almost never see such an overtly sort of pacifist approach mm -hmm. to the problem. Like, I love the, her insistence that, like, people that carry knives are stupid mm -hmm. or that guns never solve Right. She gets anything. mad at uh, the guy that knocks the, the Tim Shaw off the crane and said you had no right to do mm -hmm. that. Right, right, yeah. yeah that um, when they get to that game planet, she wants to find out what devastated it. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like it's it's not okay just to see devastation. Like, mm -hmm. you need to respond to it like she never looks away from um the violence and the ethnic cleansing and mm -hmm. sort of the disaster that's all around her although that the whole story was carved into the floor was a bit much for me yeah. 
You know, like that was like. Yeah. I mean, I suppose you could carve it into the floor, but she has no patience for people who just want to win. In, in, I like that, which to me yeah. is like such an un-American yeah. attitude, mm-hmm. and yet if you really want to be pacifist, if you really yeah. want to revision or envision a different kind of world to live in, you have to give up the winning yeah. and losing. You have to. Well, and again, that's to part of the reason thinking about life in that about way. Before that, it's one of the reasons why her title is the Doctor and mm-hmm. why she chose that was because yeah. she's not. In fact, even the one Doctor that that participated in the Time War mm-hmm. is not really considered. A doctor. It's the war doctor. Yeah. Um, and and doesn't really. So they don't usually shoot people, or she doesn't. The the doctor. But I'm talking about previous doctors. If they um, shot the, knived, it the, depends. Like the doctor, he's had an anti-gun stance. Mm-hmm. He has used guns, but not usually to make a point. Right. Like not necessarily to injure somebody. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. No, but he has been very anti-gun. He is a pacifist. Yeah. One of Capaldi's best moments in his entire run was a speech um, about war, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, it, like, it actually gives me chills to, um, to listen to it. Yeah, they did. There was a article or something online about like the top 10 doctor speeches and i think capaldi that was the was number num- one was number one so yeah mm-hmm. um yeah well and, and it's been a, i think even in the matt smith years it was sort of a point that he was become and, and carrying over from tenet is that he was becoming much more of a feared force in the universe mm-hmm. and it was kind of a point of i think river song sort of made the point of that was getting away from what the doctor was supposed to be mm-hmm. right um that right. becoming sort of this thing that everyone is scared of um, and those moments where the doctor became really scary and, mm-hmm. and kind of threatening yeah. was getting away from what the doctor was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I just, you know, the so idea. So it's built into kind of yeah. uh, the character. And that they're on a planet that's been destroyed mm-hmm. by people, right? Yeah. Like by c- people forced to create technology mm-hmm. that's ever more yeah. deadly and destructive. Like there's this, this fundamental message that like almost all the damage that humans suffer mm-hmm. is inflicted by other human beings, yeah. right? Like yeah. it's not. It's not environmental forces beyond our control. It's like the things we do to each other. And so, I mean, like I'm going to complain in a a minute about like teachy preachy too much. But this like this part of it really spoke to me. Mm -hmm. And I like that she doesn't stop to deliver a speech about it, that you see it more in like in a side here Mm -hmm. or an action there as well. Well, Although was Capaldi, she gives a good was speech, speech good for it too. Was that the speech he gave right before he regenerated? Or oh no, no. Um, okay. I think there there was an episode where um they they brought back the Zygons and there okay. were two Claras essentially, and the Zygon took on the appearance of Clara. Right. And you know he you know, you know like, like there was they they were you know like they they like they were talking in a room and like he pretty much was just saying you know you're gonna like fire on each other and and the one thing I remember the most from the speech was he said basically you're gonna take your time doing what you should like you're gonna do all these things to each other when what you really should have done in the first place is sit down and talk Mm -hmm. and just the way he delivered and the way he said it because i know his closing monologue was sort of you know emphasis on the idea of of just be kind like that that would solve a lot of the problems so that 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 kind of yeah yeah because yeah i really i really liked capaldi in the role of the doctor i don't think he had the best written Episodes. I think. I think if if I think Moffat was already kind of on his way out with Capaldi. That's actually um, what I think too. Yeah. And and I think if if Moffat had been at the top of his game, I think Capaldi would have been even more well regarded as the Doctor. Because hmm. um, the bit I love about Capaldi is that he was a Doctor Who fan as a kid. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I've watched like some Graham Norton interviews. Like they did, um, they actually have books that are on the fan club of Doctor Who. They have Capaldi's letters that he wrote yeah. to the head of the BBC. It's the letter they talked about was one where he asked the head of the BBC or the head of Doctor Who to replace the guy in charge of the fan club with Capaldi himself. Um, and so the woman at the BBC, like, writes a very nice letter to Capaldi saying, you know, we've already got someone, you know. But then she writes a letter to the, the, the I think he's the secretary of the group, basically talking about how sad and pathetic Capaldi is and that she wishes a Dalek would just exterminate him. That's terrible. It is oh, the funniest thing. That's awful. So, oh, my God. How old was he? Oh, he was, I think, uh, they, 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 he met, uh, someone asks him that, and he says 26 or something like that as a joke. I think he must have been, okay. like, in his teens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, it's, it's yeah, I, I really like Capaldi in the role. I just don't think he had the best writing. No, I, I agree. Like, Stephen Moffat was the showrunner prior to Chris Chibnall taking mm-hmm. over. Um, Stephen Moffat had written, he's written some of the most memorable episodes in Doctor Who. Um, he wrote one called Blink, which yeah. has become legendary. Um, he took over the show along with Matt Smith. Every couple mm-hmm. years, the show is, is reborn, basically. Yeah. You get a new Doctor, and you yeah, tend every, to get... Yeah, every two or three, usually. And sometimes you get, like, a new... A new a new cast, a new behind-the-scenes mm-hmm. crew at the same time, and we're seeing that with Jodie Whittaker and Chris Chibnall, and the same thing happened in around 2010, 2011 with um, Stephen Moffat and um, and Matt Smith, and then Stephen Moffat continued with mm-hmm. um, Capaldi. But, yeah, I, I, I'm definitely with you. Yeah. I think that by the time Capaldi came into it, yeah. Capaldi is an incredible actor, and he did a lot with the role, but he delivered more than the scripts often yes. had in them. I think Moffat yeah. became very burned out by that he point did. in time, and it wasn't his best effort. So when he yeah. said he was hanging it up, I was actually glad for yeah. it at that point. Yeah, it felt particularly the last of, Cap- of Capaldi seasons, I felt, was weaker in terms of the right. Like, the finale was spectacular, mm-hmm. But everything up until then, I was like, oh, this oh. doesn't feel... See, I feel a little a little bit of the opposite mm. because I really enjoyed... Um, we've talked about the Doctor having different companions through yeah. his run. Um, Capaldi had a companion named Bill, mm-hmm. who I've said, I think she was the first like lesbian companion of the Doctor. Mm-hmm. She was also an incredible person. She was like a regular human being, mm-hmm. but she had such a curiosity and knowledge that it made her a good fit with the Doctor. And Bill came after a companion called Clara, who is not my favorite. Oh, see, Clara is my favorite. Oh, uh, see, I love Clara. See, so. yeah, I really can't stand Clara. Um, <laughs> and oh. she's a character who initially started out as a mystery, and then they kept her on and realized they had to develop her as a person. So she, the character, in my in my opinion, has been very inconsistent throughout mm-hmm. her time with the Doctor. And I, I, I do think it's because she started out as a mystery, and then they had to develop her as a character. So for me, Capaldi's final season, which was with Bill, a different companion, was refreshing. You got to see more of him. I think he, his 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 doctor. I'm sorry, his doctor starts out as very grouchy and grumpy. Mm-hmm. He's reminiscent of the earlier doctors. Oh yeah, he's yeah very reminiscent of the them. earlier doctors were grumpy old men, basically. Oh yeah. Um, and he he came into it after you have these these young attractive guys like um, David Tennant mm-hmm. and Matt Smith. Matt Smith was actually the youngest actor to play the doctor, so you had yeah. a big change with Capaldi. It didn't necessarily always go well with fans. I think it was yeah. it was a big change. But if you stuck with the show, Capaldi has some brilliant moments yeah. in it. Well, I think particularly fans that knew Eccleston Tennant and Matt Smith and weren't used to, like, Doctor being an old man. Like, Absolutely. Capaldi is very different. I mean, I, I really like Capaldi. Yeah. But I could see where, where people were sort of like, wait, no, what happened to, like, young... Nobody mm-hmm. likes grumpy old men. No, yeah, and no. He... 
hid throughout his. Maybe that's what we should call. It. We should retitle the podcast. Grumpy old man. <laughs> it's probably copyrighted. It's probably good. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe not the best way to brand oneself. Yeah. Uh-huh. No. It's a little on the nose. Yeah. Throughout Capaldi's time on the show, he eventually became the doctor who, like you said in his final speech, mm-hmm. you know, be kind, be yeah. courageous. It took him a long journey to get there, which I think is, if you've been a fan with the show, it was good to see. He just yeah. didn't have the best scripts, or yeah. in my opinion, necessarily the best companions along the way. Yeah. So. So speaking of companions, I'd mm-hmm. like to talk about Rosa Parks, who's not okay. really a companion, but the right. third episode was dedicated to sort of her story. Mm-hmm. And I've got a couple of complaints. Okay. Actually, I'm looking at my list. Three and a half complaints. Okay. About the historical treatment. Number one, and I will stand by this forever. Mm-hmm. This show had the worst southern accents <laughs> I have ever heard. They were terrible. I can think of maybe one that would be worse. What? Oh, uh, Amanda's husband, Chris, yeah. despises the southern accents on Walking Dead. Okay, really? I don't know Where Walking Dead. you also okay. have British actors doing but southern But I gotta accents. say, like, like it's, so. it's, I don't know what they studied <laughs> to do southern accents, but they are atrocious. Okay. I just want to be clear. Our UK listeners can never, ever complain about Patrick's British accent again. <laughs> because... Blimey! <laughs> It's brilliant in comparison any, to what the Rosa Parks. We don't Parks have any UK listeners according episode. to the stats on the website. Blimey. Well, you might after that. Oh, is that yeah. who yeah. is? Hello, you know, international. That's why we so. don't have any. <laughs> you won't stop doing so, that. Was that your half complaint or was that the full complaint? No, that's that's one hundred and fifty percent complaint. Okay. Oh, like, that I wasn't was, sure if that was the half or not. Okay. No, no, like their British, their accent work was atrocious. Yeah. I'm sorry, like it was just it was it was like Kevin Costner in the uh, Cuban Missile Crisis. Movie trying to do the uh, JFK. Yeah, the uh, it's like no, it wasn't JFK. It was the uh, it's like thirteen days or whatever. Oh, okay. He, he tries to do like a Boston, Massachusetts kind oh, okay. of accent, Ooh. and it is well, Kevin Costner and accents just don't yeah Ooh. don't connect well. Yeah. yeah, if you haven't seen it, you should. Um, He's Benedict, talking to his kid about his report card, and it is just yeah. unbelievable. Benedict Cumberbatch trying to do a Boston accent in Black Mass. I love Benedict Cumberbatch. It's yeah. not a great accent. Yeah. Yeah, it can be it can be difficult, but yeah. the southern accent could have been done better. Okay, number two, um, I really appreciate the general politics of the show, mm-hmm. as I've said before, but this was the classic example of a bit too preachy teachy mm. to me. Um, now, obviously, it doesn't help that they feel the need that they need to remind their British viewers who Rosa Parks is. Who Rosa Parks is. So the, the little bit of exposition. So we get like a a little bit, like we get like <laughs> full stop. Here's the exposition on Rosa Parks, like written into dialogue that just feels like dialogue nobody would ever speak, right? It's just, it's just exposition. Yeah. It's just background. Well, and then you get the bit at the end where they're watching like the video of her getting the what was it, the Congressional Medal of Honor yeah. or whatever. That that yeah. that again felt a little right. And so, but you also get lectures built in the middle. For, for example, when they're in the hotel room and Yaz and Ryan have to flee out the, the bathroom yes. window because the racist mm-hmm. cop has shown up. And they're sitting in the, the alleyway talking to each other. Mm-hmm. And the whole point of that conversation is to make sure the audience understands that what Rosa Parks did then mm-hmm. matters now. Right. right. That the oppression that she faced then continues to today. Mm-hmm. But to me, again, it feels so obviously like they're saying to the audience, hey, you, pay attention to this. Like, we're talking about Rosa Parks, mm-hmm. but we're not talking only about Rosa Parks. Mm-hmm. Like, we're talking about 
profiling and all the intersectional stuff you're right. talking about with Yaz, you know, they, they both share their experiences and like, oh, so that's the, mm-hmm. the connection. I don't think you need that. It just to me, I can see. I that's mean, a, the, that's a, I mean, another moment where I feel yeah. like they're, they're. I mean, one of the things that really whacking me over the head. Yeah, I mean, one, I, can, I mean, one of the things that really struck me about the episode was watching it, and and just in general, was as much of it being about sort of the Rosa Parks era. Yeah, it clearly reflected back on today, right? In a in in ways that, yeah, the the the. I didn't mind the conversation between between Yaz and Ryan so much, but I can see your point in terms of but, it. It kind of put. It kind of was was kind of putting the capper on something that maybe it didn't need to because it was clearer than what it was doing elsewhere without right. being so heavy-handed. To me, and maybe I'm wrong, but like living in the world we live in, mm-hmm. I don't think we need people to point out yeah. like, hey, this still matters yeah. today. Like, hey, I this actually, isn't finished. I actually think we do. Um, I <laughs> yeah. think after events like Charlottesville. Yeah, but the, but the show's doing that, right? What I'm saying mm-hmm. is in the show, oh. like saying, hey, this is what we're doing. That's what doesn't need to be done. I want the Rosa Parks episode mm-hmm. to be made. I want people to say it's not done. But I feel like it derails it artistically a little bit when they have to stop and, and, and kind of do the teaching moment. Mm-hmm. Like, it's there. Like, I, I don't think you need it. It's, it's there. Yeah, I think there's ways in which that they – and I think the exposition bit kind of speaks to it too is, is that I, I can see – Ways in which that they might have trusted their audience a little bit more. That's, I think that that's maybe where, and we can argue yeah. about whether the audience should be trusted or can be trusted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a chance maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Like, maybe maybe they do need like these moments of stop where they yeah. say, "Here's the point." Man, I sure hope they don't. Well, you know? but I think it also goes back to the idea of it being a kids show as well. Yeah, that, a kid's, that I think see, maybe some of that is is. And, and, and a kid's educational show, I think right. maybe some of and that's that fair. stopping is a little more I, necessary. As I watched it, I didn't think of it as a kid's show. You, would, you wouldn't really and think so, of it as a kid's no. show. Yeah. But, um, it, but that that is still kind of how it's viewed yeah. in some ways. Yeah, and I, I think, because um, we've said before, well, you said before um, about how like like th- they're making more of an effort this season to kind of take it back to being mm-hmm. a kid's show in a yeah. way. And you can, yeah. um, you can tell in... There are some violent moments, not necessarily in the Rosa Park at Parks episode, but the first episode, the second episode. The way they're filming the violence is even different than how they filmed it in the past. They yeah, seem to be more careful yeah. about what they're showing, in my opinion. Yes, yeah, I would agree. Um, so there's there's a clearly there's they want to make this show accessible to everybody. Mm-hmm. And um, the moment you're talking about with with Yaz and Ryan, like I didn't think I mean it didn't strike me as overly yeah. preachy. I could totally see it just. I, I'm I'm super it, sensitive. Patrick yeah. will tell you to mm-hmm. stuff like that too. You know, like I just he's super sensitive. No, to stuff like no, that. but you're I totally see what you're saying yeah. about trusting your audience. That's the problem I have with, with like with, with with some movies yeah. that mm-hmm. that I review. Yes. Actually, some mm-hmm. movies yeah. talk down to the audience. Some movies don't think their audience is smart enough yeah. to get it. I I don't think they were trying to do that in this case, but I can see how it would totally come across. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think they were trying. I think to, they were trying to thread a my, needle a little bit. Right, my fear right. is they might have overdone it a bit, yeah. but right. I can see why they were to kind of make it more accessible to maybe audiences of all ages. Right, but my fear is is that when you get those obvious moments of kind of like preaching, mm-hmm. that that's the least effective way to get people to empathize with a problem or start to act to change a problem, right? Like, once I'm talking down to you, like, once I'm condescending to, Mm -hmm. you don't understand that Rosa Parks' problems still continue today. Mm -hmm. Like, people who are not predisposed to think about the world, like Doctor Mm -hmm. Who's creators are, are likely to shut down, I think. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? That, That the more effective way of moving people 
is by telling a really, really artful story mm -hmm. than it is to have the artful story interrupted by yeah. like these. I, I'm, I'm afraid that as yeah. soon as it becomes preaching that there's a certain segment of Americans, let's say, who are like, ugh, more leftist Hollywood, mm -hmm. you know, more, more, you know, elitist yeah. uh, preaching at me, you know, telling me like why I'm racist or like yeah. what, what's wrong with me. Mm -hmm. So just just yeah. an observation. Yeah. No, I mean, I think we can another, disagree it, about it, but there were yeah. moments where I'm just I'm thinking that if that's the message they want to convey, yeah, it could have been done maybe a little more artfully. Yeah, I mean, I at the same time, yeah, I, I, I totally see. At the same time, I also find it hard to imagine Ryan and Yaz not having a conversation about what they're seeing. That's the right. thing. I mean, um, they had. I think they almost have to. You know, they yeah. they are the two characters. And again, that's why I talk about like they they had to thread a needle, yeah. and I think yeah. by and large it succeeded. But I I, I can see your point in in. It's I, just, do see, I do see your point. The exposition bit, I agree with I, you. I was like, oh, it's the history lesson on Rosa Parks. That's Park right. Like now, well, let's stop. You know, yeah. it's like get out the old. But also, I wonder how much of that is is I mean. To the American audience, Rosa Parks is known. I don't know how well that's known to for be, a British audience. To that's, be, to that's be quite thing. honest with you, like I don't know how much of the American audience knows it. I'm not yeah, even no. saying they don't need it. It's just the way that it was done is is just like a like a, a stop in a yeah. in a, like a like a lecture as opposed to, to a show. Yeah. And I guess my from being like a, a long time ish mm -hmm. Doctor Who viewer, I was actually surprised because they don't necessarily. You know, factor in American figures a lot. They're, this no, they is don't. They very, show. Well, I remember when yeah. Matt Smith, in his well, the second season, when they went Utah. to America, like that was a big deal. I they mean, actually like, filmed in Utah. Yeah, yeah like, they I, they never go come to America. They never come to America. Like that was a huge. Well, and even I remember when another episode of the Graham Norton show for the 50th anniversary special, he was shocked at the fact that anyone was watching the show outside of of the mm -hmm. UK. He's like they're simulcasting this in like 50 countries over the world, and oh, yeah. they're yeah. watching it in America. And Matt Smith is like, "Yeah, dude, it's got a huge global audience." But yeah. that's all yeah. really new to Doctor Who, and really right. in in kind of the transition from Tennant to Smith, it's kind of it seems like that's when that really right happens. And let so, me be clear again: yeah. I appreciate the ambition so. of what they're but trying I, I, to yeah, achieve I see your point. here. No, yeah. I, I, I see what you're I have some questions about the execution yeah. Yeah. of it, which brings yeah, me to my absolutely. third complaint. Holy hell! They need to watch the Flash. <laughs> Have they never heard of time ripples? Do they not understand? It's, it works differently when they, in Doctor Who. When they send some guy off to Vegas, that it's going to totally change his life. That yeah. every confrontation they have on the street, you know, in Birmingham, is 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 sending people down, creating like different, entirely different future timelines. They're like, I thought the Flash was like. Just like Listen, disdainful the, of timelines. The These one people thing, just but the other don't thing you got to remember is the doctor at this point is I can't even remember how many thousands of years old. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like he's been doing this for and she's been doing this for a so long she should time. Know better, but that's she's got it on lockdown. Like yeah. she's good <laughs> with you know Ryan and Yaz can do whatever they want to. Because yeah, Ryan when he right. set the guy back, I'm like, what are you doing? Like that's a terrible idea. Well, that's definitely going to rebound, right? At oh some yeah, point. The, like, at well, some point that's coming back. In I a think bad that guy. Way. Yeah, I can't remember. Uh, uh, Craster, Caster, whatever his name was. I, Boy, I think. and talk about Crasco. Like, that's what his name a was. A little bit. Again, children's show. Yeah. Okay, but like very stock sort of um, racist bad guy. Oh yeah. 
kind of you know very very flat I thought but, but also with but anyway. a lot of I mean the the the, the vortex manipulator he wore the prison that he's in those yeah. are all huge parts of the Matt Smith era and the yeah. Tenet era Doctor yeah. Who yeah. so clearly there's stuff going on yeah even yeah. and that's going back so, to cool Eccleston to actually yeah. there's a character who's a big fan favorite called Captain Jack Harkness well, right. he had the vortex manipulator he had the vortex originally. manipulator right. so this is stuff that's actually been yeah. carried Some out Easter eggy the stuff series. which Alan loves Easter eggs yeah and I guess well, like, not for me because I don't know the canon. And the but, thing, yeah. and then like like what well, you're definitely putting out some good stuff here about the t- the time travel element. But there's the show, the show has maybe it's been inconsistent about this in the modern series. But there are the show's made a point to say <laughs> yeah. that there there are fixed points in time. So there, there are fixed things in time that mm-hmm. need to happen that have to yeah. happen. They're going to happen no matter what. There are things that can change along the way, you know, without destroying the universe. Right. But then. But then during the Matt Smith era, there was a big theme that time can be rewritten. Mm-hmm. So that tended yeah. to kind of negate some yeah. of the stuff. Yeah. Well, you see it in so the, they have again, leeway, I think. And you see it somewhat does. in the episode, too, when, when the doctor realizes that they have to stay on the bus. Like, they can't leave the bus because yeah. now they have become part of the Rosa Parks moment that is Which one just, of those fixed moments in time that exactly. you don't, don't mess with. But don't get me started about how he it is that they're travel. part of that moment in time when they're co- like it just see what you, you should appreciate about paradox, Doctor Who. I will I will throw my phone I'm not going to say paradox. I will throw it at you. I'm going to say that's the nice thing about Doctor Who is they acknowledge <laughs> with the very idea of wibbly wobbly tiny woman. Because yeah. that's what when in the episode that they use that phrase the first time, basically yeah. someone's asking this question and the yeah. doctor's like, oh, it's all kind of wibbly. Like they okay, basically so, yeah. admit, so we are very we are inconsistent yeah, and, and just we're, okay. Think so about we're just it too gonna much. own the fact that we're like okay. flexible. So the science of the Doctor Who is fuzzy universe is just really fuzzy. It's not like oh, the yeah. Flash where they stand at a board and they draw yeah, lines no, and arrows. I'm no. not sure Doctor Who's ever drawn the continuum on a board. Okay. Yeah. I think Doctor okay. Who has sort of embraced the fact that they're like, eh, you know, time travel probably worked this way when Moffat was writing. It's probably going to work a little differently under Chip. And you know what? Yeah. Like, I, I'm okay I think they with acknowledge that, that if they acknowledge it and they're just like, it doesn't really work. Yeah, I, I think. Because right? yeah. it doesn't really work, but okay. The, the problem with the Flash, of course, is that they pretend like it. They're trying to make it work does. too much. Yeah, right? it's. Uh, yeah. yeah, you should like Doctor Who because they're ba- they're kind of like you in the sense of like, ah, oh, we're just not going to really worry about it. Right. Fair enough. Fair enough. I have a, a final half complaint. Now say yeah, we've got. So my complaints were worst Southern accents ever. Correct. A little too teachy preachy. <laughs> right. Watch the Flash. You people. hate time travel. Yeah. Um, but we actually turned that one into not a complaint because now right. you like okay, it. Okay, so group. we're down to two and a half. And even the half is not really a, a full half, but something I want to talk about. Parks is, to me, a really interesting historical um, character, mm-hmm. like somebody worth studying because she's so misunderstood mm-hmm. generally. Right? People generally see Rosa Parks as an activist but an accidental activist. Right. right? She was too tired to give up her seat that day on the bus. And in telling that myth, we really deprive Rosa Parks of the agency in her life, mm-hmm. right? That Rosa Parks was a longtime activist before mm-hmm. that moment on the bus that sort of thrust her into the, the, right. the public spotlight. And even the moment on the bus was somewhat of a planned Absolutely. Like it, was, it wasn't it was, the accident that history has kind of The African-American about. community had been planning yeah. for an incident. Like they were waiting for the right moment. Right. Because, like, that bus boycott doesn't happen overnight right. if you haven't really put thought into it, right? Yeah. Like, the, 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 the way in which they manage the year that follows where they can't take the bus right. is amazing. 
but it's not an accident, right? right? Again, like none of this is an accident. She's part of an activist community, and mm-hmm. you you get a glimpse of that they gesture towards, yeah. which I yeah. really appreciated in this episode. I like that a lot. That there is that meeting, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that, with, that with her do, and Dr. King, yeah. and you see her on the bus in forty two as well. Mm-hmm. You get a sense that she's long, you know, been yeah. an activist, yeah. but it's I. For me, I'd like a little bit more of that. Like, yeah. for the guy who's been complaining about how it's beating you over the head, mm-hmm. this is the point I think people are most likely to miss in the episode so about Rosa So have you just Parks. introduced a paradox into the conversation? <laughs> but, so, and then, in that way, the way in which Ryan inspires her in a way in this episode mm-hmm. rubbed me a little mm-hmm. bit the wrong way. Because... I, and I'm probably being way too academic, Rebecca. So where was the moment where Ryan? I'm trying to remember Ryan inspiring her. They where were, was two he? Of them were talking that, outside. Yeah, like they're oh, sitting okay. on the porch right. afterwards. Like you're going to do great things, mm-hmm. you know. And as she as she gets arrested and she's walking, mm-hmm. th- and you see her out the bus window, she looks at Ryan mm. and she gives him kind of that knowing look. Yeah, is how I read it. Mm. And to me, there's a moment that runs the risk of again denying Rosa Parks. Her agency. Mm-hmm. Right? It's not Ryan. It's not people that came back into the past that talked Rosa Parks into this moment of courage. Yeah. But can't you read it in reverse? Like he, you know, he may have encouraged her, but she also saw potential in him. That's why she invited him back to her house. I mean, so maybe it's like it kind of goes both ways when they're looking at each other. Yeah, I guess. Especially but if we think he has more potential to give, which I do believe he does. Yeah, no, I, I, I think he does, and I think his time with Rosa Parks will change him it's the way in which her time with him changed her mm-hmm. yeah well that but i think part of it is a little i just the, it, again it's not yeah. a full complaint but right. it's, it's this yeah it's this historical um concern that i always have about the civil rights movement in this country mm-hmm. that it's told in a way that denies and ignores the agency of lots of people that we never talk about yeah well i think part of it too is classes. i mean the way uh, the, you know it, it, it's maybe somewhat of a dodge is that the entire purpose of what they're doing is to preserve what actually happened. Right. And so in a way, the show maybe doesn't do – it does some, but maybe not enough to show yeah. that activist past. But I would say in a way that, that it's not really that Ryan inspired her. It's just the conversation that they had. And she's doing what she would have done anyways. Maybe, yeah, yeah. but I think I, mean, I think it's a, it's, it's a bit of a narrative but dodge. I, you could, yeah. and especially given the way that I, my sense of how most Americans think about Rosa Parks' mm-hmm. story, it's very easy, I think, for them to slip to that kind yeah. of that kind of understanding. Yeah, and then there's the whole paradox of she inspired him, so that he could come back in time to inspire her, so that she could inspire him yeah, to come back in time to inspire. And I'm like. To the Flash, wobbly, people! It's wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's like, mm-hmm. that part is inevitably going to just piss me yeah, off. Yeah, well, because you hate time because, travel and yes, all it things it involves. It absolutely drives me <laughs> It nuts. makes as much sense as Lupa. But beyond those those three and a half, now two and a half complaints, like, yeah. there's there's a lot of really good stuff in here. Mm-hmm. No, I got to say, like, the, the I haven't seen the most recent episode, but the first three episodes were really, I you know... Number one, I put Whitaker's regeneration up there, up this episode up there with the best of the modern era who's. Yes. Like, it's as good as Matt Smith's, if not even a little bit. It, 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 I'd probably put it on par with Matt Smith's. It's probably better than Capaldi's. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, Tenants I watched in reruns, so I didn't really have that experience. But it, it is a really good episode. And these first three episodes have been really, really solid. And, and particularly, like we talked about earlier, that Moffat kind of seemed to be... Mm-hmm. 
like fading in the last year, it's nice to see kind of a who that is returning more to form. Mm. A lot of the reviews are picking up on that too. That the, the show feels sort of fresh, it fresher. Does. Like and it feels the, much yeah. fresh. Well, I mean, Davies. I mean, yeah. not Davies. Moffat was on there for what five years? Yeah, like yeah, like five um, or six. Well, I mean, well, five or six seasons. But they, some of them were spread wide apart. He was on there for a he long was, yeah, time. Cause, like, yeah, because yeah. no, he did, he did come in around, like, I think, technically Matt Smith's first, not technically, Matt Smith's first season was 2011. Okay. And Capaldi's last season was last year. It was last year, so. Yeah, so, so but you're at least six years. Yeah. But it, it's weird to see how the seasons come out. They actually took a year off before Capaldi's last season with right. his companion Bill because, they you know, they knew it was going to be Moffat's last season and Capaldi, so they wanted to yeah. put extra time into it which I think was smart on one hand, but on the other hand, as a fan, I hated it because we had a break in Doctor Who, and there were these weird statistics coming out, like Doctor Who memorabilia sales fell, and of course it did because you didn't have the show right. on to get people to be like, hey, I'm going to go buy this. Mm-hmm. So it, I think it helped but also hurt in yeah. a way, and I think people were ready for something yeah. new by yeah. that point. So and I, I know, and I, I know there was a lot of apprehension of which Chibnall are we going to get. Are we going to get Broadchurch Chibnall? Are we going to get the, the Chibnall that used to write for Doctor Who and was a little more mixed? So... Mm-hmm. Uh, but overall, yeah, like I'm really excited by the, the, the new Doctor Who season so far. Which brings me to another question. Is the Sonic Screwdriver in the Toy Hall of Fame? Oh, no. no. It's not a toy. Not. They don't make it as a toy? They do. They oh, no, yeah, you, oh, yeah, you can buy a Sonic you Screwdriver. Can buy, like, well, it's like Doctor's a Harry Potter wand, yeah. right? Or oh, yeah, a they, Ben Kenobi lightsaber. They have a Sonic Screwdriver that you can actually use as a remote for your TV. Wait, for real? Wow, I've been missing out. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't have it, but I saw it advert. There's one that you can actually use as a remote for your TV. I Sometimes, think it's I think I, it's either the Tenant or the Smith screwdriver. In some ways, the Doctor's more interesting to me without the screwdriver because the screwdriver seems to give so many answers. Oh, it is. It's it's you yeah. know that it becomes that and the tarnish, like it's it's and it's I get that so that's just part of like, like if you're gonna watch Doctor Who, you just sort of well even the making of. The Sonic, that was one of the things in the premiere that did bother me. I'm like, did she just build a sonic screwdriver in 21st century Earth? Because yeah. I'm assuming she used some of the alien stuff, but I'm like, that doesn't seem possible. So that she could fight a I blue guy with did. like teeth yeah, all over his face. I did like I did like Tim Shaw in the teeth. That was creepy. You, yeah. Really? I just I found it goofy. Like I found it more funny. I found it more kid show like well, than I did uh, than works. I did creepy. I I I, I, I thought it was creepy. Yeah. The, the did last... you guys see the the Will Wheaton commentary? The one that I DVR'd had, like, a special commentary. The first, the season premiere? Oh, they did, like, yeah, a special season premiere. Yes, yes, yeah. I did, yeah. I did not yeah. see that. I did, I did, well, I actually, there were a... two different sets of commentaries, and I have both of them. Yeah, <laughs> I, I saw, I saw, like, it was, The it Will was, Wheaton group was a weird group, There was though, Will like... Wheaton, and there was a physicist. <laughs> so? No, actually, no, Will Wheaton well, they, wasn't on the one that I yeah, saw. Yeah, they weren't, they weren't very engaging. Like, yeah. they would ask, this, it was, it was kind of a flat experience overall. I've watched, like, various Doctor Who, like, pre-episode specials, and they always strike me as yeah. a little bit flat. I mean, Will Wheaton had real enthusiasm yeah, for no, he, it. He oh, he's was a, the yeah. best one well, out yeah, of all just, the But the others just thought, felt, yeah. like, kind of flat yeah. in yeah. their... Their response. Yeah, they used to have like on. They used to have specials about Doctor Who. They actually had more specials on when Matt Smith was the Doctor. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure why that was, but though the people who they would get to comment for that were actually really good, and yeah. they didn't have any of them for this time yeah. around. So maybe people were just busy or something. Yeah. I'm sorry, minutes? Rich and Alan are doing zero. <laughs> no, we're running out of time. Oh, oh, no. Well, oh, no. that makes sense minutes. on an episode related to oh, Doctor no. Who. <laughs> We're running out of time. Did we miss anything, Rebecca, that you wanted to talk about? Um, just in in terms of recent, like first episodes, like like first episodes for a doctor, mm-hmm. you know, like like 
part of the doctor's ability is that he regenerates. That's how he's the character's been able to stay fresh for 50 years. Um, you have a new actor come in and take over. Mm-hmm. It's still the same character, but they add their own spin to it. And Jodie Whittaker's first episode, I think, was um, probably one of the best first episodes mm-hmm. for a Doctor in the Modern series. I actually think Matt Smith's first episode is the best, but hers yeah. might be equal with I it. Put it right about, I put them right about, right about even with each other. Like, it's hard for me to say which one is better. They're both really, yeah. really solid episodes. Yeah. I think I have to agree with you there. It's hard to, for me now at this point to pick one over yeah. the other. They're, they're both so solid, and they do a great job of introducing each's respective version yeah. to the show. How about the Hugh Jackalman? What? Doctor. Hmm? Wait, what? What? Ben Eccleston? Christopher I'm just trying try oh, to pretend like I'm part of the conversation. Yeah, I was just saying, what are you talking <laughs> I'm just, about? I'm making up names of people yeah. that could have played the doctor. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's what I'm like, I was like, Hugh Jackman. I know he, he, I would know he's, Is that I, a bad I, Halloween I love costume? Hugh Jackman. I, I would know if he was in the show yeah, and he has I'm not been. I'm pretty sure that would have been remarked upon. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember yeah. that season with Hugh Jackman as the doctor. <laughs> And his claws. Well, technically, I said <laughs> Hugh Jackman. Yes, you did. Yeah. So yeah. I was trying to get Eccleston and other. Wasn't there a Hugh Capaldi? Peter Capaldi. But you're really close. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there yeah. was a Capaldi. There was a Capaldi. Yeah, yeah. We've talked about Capaldi. Yes. Yeah. Capaldi There's was no yeah, Hugh. But that, that, that assumed that I've listened to you talk about that's, Capaldi. Wow, that's hurtful. That's, that's, but true. That's really mean. Yeah. But like when the when the modern series came back in 2005, this was geez a decade or more after mm-hmm. it had gone. Actually, maybe two decades. I say it was since close. It went yeah, it went away in the 80s, I think. Yeah, and then they had a one-off movie with the Eighth yeah. Doctor to try to bring it back on Fox. It didn't it work. Did that work. was in yeah. the 90s, I think. So um, basically, like it, Doctor Who wasn't a sure thing when it came no. back in 2005. Not at all. Um, I, I just learned recently that apparently Hugh Grant was offered it and turned it down because he didn't think it was going to work and actually regrets a, taking it, apparently. That's a close call. Which is kind of crazy to Pretty think sure. about. Regrets I'm, not yeah. taking it? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. supposedly I'm, he regrets not I'm, taking it. Oh, I can um, imagine. You look at the finale. Well, yeah. I'm pretty sure if Hugh Grant had taken it, it wouldn't have worked. See, now I'm so, just picturing like it, it'd be much back more like a... Rewrite that timeline. Yeah, I know. It's, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> I'm like picturing Hugh Grant as the dog. Doctor, like, that just seems so... Maybe like, he's going to be a Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, like a Dudley Moore-esque kind of. He's a little too little too tipsy. Yeah, it'd be oh. like... That's a problem Bridget, with the ladies. Bridget Jones' Doctor. Yeah. Isn't he in the Bridget Jones series? Yes. Oh, that's that's great. I love that. Bridget Jones' yeah. Doctor. What else was, what else was Hugh Grant in at this point? He was, was he in Love Actually? Yes. So I, the Doctor Actually? He was He was the Prime Minister. <laughs> actually, Hugh Grant's movies write themselves for, for great do. Doctor Who books. They yeah. do, but um, you with Christopher Eccleston, they picked someone who was a big name. The yeah. later doctors, honestly, Tennant wasn't established no. by the time they picked him. Matt uh, Smith Matt was Smith like, was no. a, yeah, Capaldi's not no about all. as close to an established oh. actor as you've had. Good, good point. And, and Whittaker, right? and now Whittaker, yeah, but he's a good one. They picked someone with a big name to bring, you know, bring eyes and viewers, and it worked. And um, when you, if you, you know, for those of you who may be watching, who maybe you haven't seen the Eccleston season, he only did it for one mm-hmm. season. But um, his first episodes, they're a little bit rocky. The show was trying to find its tone between humor and seriousness, and mm-hmm. Eccleston was just better at the serious stuff. Oh, Although yeah. some of his, he does have some funny stuff in it. Yeah. But um, if you can get through the first couple episodes, um, his I actually do really like his season. I like his doctor. His doctor had the weight of, of the time um, war. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Of the time war on him, which is something that like you know that's something that was established for the modern series. Mm-hmm. There were a whole bunch of time lords when the series began there weren't Mm -hmm. you learn about that with him and the weight he carried and it was a weight that went on to successive doctors Mm -hmm. after so he did really help to establish the show and like again some of the first few episodes are a little rocky there's a lot of fart jokes it's very strange yeah. But it well, does become its own identity. The budget is much more limited. So it could That's have been the other thing I was really Hugh impressed Grant with Whitaker. Like and the fart f- jokes? 
Yeah. Yeah, like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. The see other thing it. I find really interesting is like watching the first Whitaker episode. I'm like, well, clearly they got money because the effects on that thing. I was like, oh my are gosh, yeah. lead. I remember Capaldi was talking about like uh, um, his first episode with Doctor Who. Like he walked in expecting it to be like you know special effects and whatnot, and they're like, okay, we're gonna throw this rubber spider at you, mm-hmm. and you've got to fight with it. He's like, <laughs> oh, okay, so we haven't really gotten that far away <laughs> from. Oh boy, we're gonna afford an actual rubber spider. So, but yeah, I was like, wow, the effects and the camera, and like. Yeah. Just and the cinematography of of the Whitaker season so far, oh, and yeah. you know, it's been really impressive. Those speaking scenes of on shows, the train. Speaking of the... shows, we were speaking like of shows well with past. really small budgets for special effects. Yes, we're going to run out of tape pretty soon. Okay, if we don't wrap, oh, unfortunately. Sorry. <laughs> so <laughs> we can't just go back in time and add on more time. You're saying if you could figure out how the doctor makes it work, yes, <laughs> we do. We do have a TARDIS in front of us, and mm. explain it by a whiteboard. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. All righty. Well, Rebecca, it was great to have you here. Rebecca, for coming. Thank you for having me back. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. And until next time. I see what you did there. You have to talk over my great endings. (laughs) (laughs) Because it makes you so upset. (laughs)